Good evening, everyone. Friends, in our first reading, the leaders uh, that were appointed at their time um, failed in their responsibilities, uh, and particularly to point out the wrongdoings of those in their community. And uh, because of that, um, they were unable to reform the people who were making their errors. And my friends, um, if you will, then they disappointed God in that they failed. Our second reading, uh, St. Paul says, if we love our neighbor, uh, we would not do anything that's harmful to them in any way. And uh, the gospel, one of, and, but that there is a proper way to go about it. Uh, there's a proper way to speak to others about such things. Today's gospel and our first reading has an obvious theme about correction. And uh, Matthew uses the word brother uh, to mean a fellow member of the church. Uh, and so it refers to correcting another Christian, uh, even to the point of what we would understand as excommunication. What Matthew says is they won't listen, they won't change, then treat them as you would uh, a tax collector. And that meant to excommunicate them. Uh, so it's pretty harsh. Um, regarding fraternal correction, we should individually and collectively, as a faith community, apply and administer such correction um, as our second reading is suggesting, out of love and with a charity of heart and never out of spite or revenge. That being said, there is um, something else happening in both the first reading and the second, and uh, that would be, um, as I indicated in the first reading, when we look at the whole reading, not just what we heard from the lectionary, um, God became disappointed with the leaders that he appointed, and therefore he puts Ezekiel in charge. And uh, the Gospel of Matthew, um, the same thing is happening, uh, but it is not God who is disappointed. It is the people uh, who are disillusioned and have disappointment. My friends, the Gospel of Matthew was put together, uh, written later than Mark's Gospel, which is the first one, and Luke's Gospel. And so uh, we can confidently say that Matthew's gospel reflected a more developed church community. Um, if you didn't pick up and note, um, in the gospel it says, if they won't listen to you, then take two or three, and they won't have two or three, then take it to the church. Well, <laughs> the church wasn't there yet, was it? Right. So what's the problem? There isn't a problem. If you understand gospel writing, Matthew has a community. He has a church. In Jesus' time, he was beginning to form it. It was a community of apostles. So the Greek word has more of a sense of community. But uh, here we are, so I wanted to just explain that to you. Um, but Matthew's, uh, when he wrote this, the church was already established more so than in Mark and Luke's community. And because of that, the community experienced both the advantages as well as the challenges of community life. And uh, the challenges would test their maturity as well as their fortitude uh, of their commitment to the faith. This community advanced a bit beyond uh, what we would know as enthusiasm as new Christians. A lot of times, right after the Easter Vigil, we've brought in new people and they're on fire, as we all should be. 
but they're really on fire. <coughs> and you can't contain them. Well, Matthew's community, uh, remember, is more established. So this notion of Christian charity and sharing of all things in common, kind of they move past it, uh, for better or for worse. And Matthew's community experienced, uh, if you will, the real human aspects of living in community. And uh, um, with that comes the sinful elements, particularly in the area of dissension um, and disillusionment about people and about faith. Uh, my friends, uh, when I went to the seminary, I spent five years at the seminary, and I lived in community life. Uh, we're all in the seminary studying to be priests. But living in community had its challenges. I have no problem telling you that Father Mark would put a note on his door, don't even knock on my door. <laughs> that was usually when I was in the midst of exams because Father Mark was not the brightest one in the seminary, so he needed to really focus. Uh, but so you can see what I'm getting at. <laughs> um, so my friends, um, people became more uh, aware of the less pleasant side of human nature uh, in Matthew's community. However, uh, they were not going to allow that to destroy their community. Matthew uh, proposes a remedy here in our gospel that members of the faith community confront their neighbors, meaning Remember, it's a community, so it's, we're not talking about just anybody. We're talking about the Christians of Matthew's community that live together. And they are to confront each other about their wrongdoings and even exclude altogether from the community a person who lacks contrition, uh, who will not repent, and thus will have no desire for transforming themselves. But Matthew also puts forth uh, the positive side of living in a Christian community, meaning the very graces and blessings that flow from a faith-filled community. And you would know this because you also live in community at St. Nicholas. Now, the COVID has made it really tough huh? For on different levels. Um, but my friends, it is clear that the sins and the immaturity of some of the members of the faith community of Matthew's time um, and the necessity of confronting their issues and dealing with them uh, did not cancel out the awareness of the many blessings and graces that the Matthean community had. And uh, in a very pointed way, Matthew balances negative experiences by recalling the Lord's promise that in spite of challenges and even failures, Jesus will continue to be with them every time they come together in his name. Matthew is telling the community they must learn to deal with challenges and problems and to deal with them properly. But uh, he also will tell them the Lord is still here. He's watching over us, so we need to be careful about how we go about doing things. My friends, the romanticized and idealistic notions of the church, the faith community, must give way to a more realistic understanding and that its members must be prepared to acknowledge that sin will always be around and that God's grace will all be, always be available too. Our saints have always talked about this. So the question is, is there today in the church disappointment and disillusionment? Yeah. For many Catholics, our time certainly has its share of disappointments. 
and thus disillusionments, particularly in the area of church leadership, and uh, uh, whether because of the sexual abuse scandals uh, or um, of late would have been uh, this notion that uh, the church is losing her backbone, uh, if you will, in the area of politics and societal influencing. Many members sometimes wonder when all the bad press is going to go away. And uh, lots of our members still reminisce extensively of the past glory days of the church uh, when there were plenty of priests and religious vocations and rarely, if ever, uh, there was a scandal of any kind associated with the ordained or those in the consecrated life. Furthermore, many feel there was a stronger sense of unity in the church in those times that simply does not exist in our time. And uh, I'm not here to say yes or no to that. I'm just pointing it out because I know you feel the same way. How do I know that? I sat in the confessional for two and a half hours today listening to people's com confessions. And usually it is not just their sins, but they put forth their concerns too. And uh, certainly we have a time of disenchantment for many of our members. But as we read in our gospel account today, there was that in the Mathean community, disappointments, challenges, disenchantments, uh, disillusionment. It was all there. Obviously, it was a stormy time for the community of Matthew, his church, his community, which uh, roughly is Antioch, as we understand it. And um, um, this stormy time, um, we know this happened because they had the strong suggestion to excommunicate people uh, who did not reform their lives, to tell them to leave. Um, but also it is clear that most of the members of that community did not lose track of the Lord's presence, his graces, his blessings within the community, and the Lord's willingness to help them if they asked for it. That's the challenge for our church today. This is the time for Catholic communities to come together and pray earnestly for Mother Church, to pray for her leaders and simply not condemn them because you don't agree. And uh, we also must pray for uh, those who have caused harm and hurt others, as well as praying for the victims that were harmed and hurt. And friends, in reading the gospel and knowing what our times, the political times, COVID and everything, I look at Matthew's community. It survived the storms that uh, they were in. And we know this because of the gospel. No. We know this because of the writings and the accounts of the bishop of Antioch, Ignatius. Remember, Antioch is believed to be the Matthean community. And the bishop of Antioch wrote many letters. He's a saint now. He wrote many letters uh, a generation after Matthew. So that means the community was still very much alive and active. Um, the church today will survive our storms too then. And we will be better for it, just as that community was.
so each of us can draw inspiration and have peace of mind and heart as we remember Matthew's community and how it struggled to deal with its challenges and problems while maintaining at the same time a strong awareness of the Lord's presence, of his many graces, of his many blessings. That was the spirit of the Matthean community. That was the spirit of the church of Matthew's time. That was the spirit of um, Bishop um, Ignatius of Antioch, his time. It is our spirit, too. We have the same one. We will move through this. And I mean all of it. The, if you will, the disenchantment perhaps you may have with church and its leadership, perhaps even with Father Mark. You pray for me. We will move through the political times, won't we? We will move through the pandemic because there have been other pandemics and the people move through it too. We will do the same. So calm yourselves. Stay rooted in the faith. Stay rooted in the faith. This is what Matthew's community did. This is what Mark's community did. This is what Luke's community did. This is what the church has done. This is what the monks do. This is what the sisters do. This is what the baptized do. Okay? It was probably not the homily you were thinking I was going to give tonight, but that is the one that I saw when I did the first reading, and I saw God was very disappointed in his leaders. <laughs> of his time. That's why he put the prophet. He goes, I'm going to put you in place and you go and tell them all their wrongdoings. Yes, Lord, I will, but they're going to kill me. Yep. <laughs> but you are my mouthpiece. You are my hands. You are my feet to them. Guess what, Father Mark? <laughs> I am his mouthpiece. <laughs> I am his feet and I am his hands. Hopefully you will not do that to me. <laughs> but if you do, then I will be a martyr. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. But I'm hopefully I'm proving my not without challenge, but always with love of God and love of you. <laughs>